forming the front lines of the war against injustice and stupidity, armed with little more than a compass and a rubber knife. This is No Agenda, coming to you from the United Kingdom on the left coast of Gitmo Nation East. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley. Non-existent location, but it's also known as uh, Gitmo Nation West or Northwest. Yo. Hey, John. Good afternoon to you. A good, good, what is it? No, good morning. It's actually uh, still morning here, yes. Right. We're a little, little later than usual today. I was traveling back from uh, the Netherlands with the Lady Patricia. How did that go? It was good. It was the, the final uh, pop stars live. You know, they, they found the, after 10 weeks of searching and unbelievable peril and and turmoil, they, they were able to succeed, John, and find three finalists who would fi- form the number one pop group of the Lowlands. Okay, tell us who they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what they, it's even better than this. You'll love this. So they, um, the, the idea of pop stars, they find three finalists out of thousands of whatever, and then they form a group. And then uh, on the final night, they reveal who the group is, the name of the group, and their single. Oh really? They yeah. Did a single? Yeah. And so yeah, they well they already had recorded uh, like eleven different versions of it, you know, because of the combinations. Oh, of, oh with different groups. Yeah. Different well, the, yeah, the combination of of group members, and they had different album covers and everything. But it was pretty funny because, um, <laughs> so they did this big reveal, right, of the name, you know, like you know, big digital boards flashing everywhere, and then boom, and there's the name, and and the crowd literally went, and the name is, and everyone went, ah. <laughs> it was red, spelled R E. The blue E. The E was blue and facing backwards, uh, with an exclam- exclamation point. R E D. Red. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what the crowd did. Ah. It's. Uh, is this known? I mean, can you reveal this? Or are you a non-disclosed? No, no. It was live last night. So. Uh, oh, it was live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 and I always tell the truth. Well, that doesn't sound very exciting. No, it, it was, that was kind of, but you know, it doesn't matter because it, it just doesn't matter. I can tell. We're walking I mean, how through. Do you write, the problem with doing something like that where you have a typographical cuteness mm-hmm. with a backward E is that people cannot, uh, you know, you can't type it in, a, in an email. Thank you. Very good point. Uh, but the whole thing, even the song, you know, it was like, the song was very high school musical. You know, it was like, so to me, it was a real anticlimax, but it doesn't really matter because it's the excitement and people like it and it's a live show and millions of people are watching and they all vote and it's just like a community type thing, you know. Uh, well, as you know, I hate this kind of thing. Yeah, I know you do, but it's good because we did have an, you know, real losers. I, I like the loser part. <laughs> yeah, I, you you're, know, you're I a loser. Used to enjoy watching sports events so they could uh-huh. go into, and they stopped doing this, by the way, about five or six years ago. Usually in a big football game, the big game, the final game of the season and the championship game, uh, baseball too. Yeah. And then they used to go into the loser's locker room. Yeah. To watch. <laughs> You watch them cry. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, these guys are just miserable, and some of them. And then about five or six years ago, they stopped doing that. Now, what they do, and I find it really lame, they find the coach, the losing coach, who's usually standing outside the locker room, mm-hmm. looking, you know, forlorn, and then they ask him a couple of stupid questions, and that's the end. That's of it. it. So right. We right. We don't get to see the fun part, which was the loser's locker room. It was hilarious. 
it so made I, you feel I mean, as, as a as a just as an American, it made you feel good to go into the loser's locker room, especially if you were rooting for the other team, the winning team. It's important. Uh, it's important. There's more the, to it than just winning. Thank it's, you. It's watching the other team lose. That's really part of the game. Yeah. No, but we're not allowed to have losers anymore. I, I keep telling people a great new reality show, which, by the way, John, I'm sure you would watch, would be America Loves Losers. You'd watch that. Yeah, I would. But you know what? They would never make the show right. That's a show that you you know would be so, you know, the the, the suits, as they like to be called, yeah. um, would screw it up. So it would be a bad show. So I probably wouldn't watch it. I don't know. If you produced it, if you produced it and I was involved, then yeah. we had some good writers. Well, it, we'd it, have some. But yeah, that's but never then, then it would have to be called America Loves Losers and Hookers. <laughs> because, you know, that's your, that's your mantra. Well, you have to drive. I said it before, and it always is a, it's a fact. Letterman does it. You can throw in the word hookers because it's a really, it's, for some reason, it's just a funny word. And it always gets a, gets a chuckle. Mm. It's a cheap joke, is what it is. Hey, John, hold on one second. I think these. I think the kids turned on the download again. I, I swear okay. to God, I bet you they did that. All right, go check it out. Do you think that? Do you think they would define me like that? I would. <laughs> hold on, don't move. All right, you there? Yeah. Okay. Well, indeed, it's funny. This shows you how kids don't understand stuff when it comes to the internet. So just before we started the show, um, I could tell on the Skype connection that someone was really. We're still in the old house, of course with limited bandwidth, like a megabit down. And I go to the kids and I say, hey, you know, are you guys downloading something? Okay, you know, yeah, we're downloading a film. Okay, that's fine, but you have to stop for the next hour and a half because we're doing the show. And, and of course, even then I got grief. Oh, so no, stop. And then uh, and I, I could tell that something was going on because you started to warble. And so I go downstairs and say, I asked you guys not to download. No, but it's just a YouTube clip. Uh, okay. <laughs> they don't seem to understand. <laughs> just the YouTube. It's just YouTube. Yeah. That's not downloading. No, it's you not. You should go and turn off the machine. Yeah, they're pro I, they're still doing anyway. It's okay. It'll it'll last. So, um, well, let's talk about that topic. Let me. I did a column for PC Magazine. You can look, people can look it up. It's called "Liars, Cheaters, and Thieves," and it's about that study that showed that you know kids are. Uh, Liars, cheaters, and thieves. Exactly. Yeah. Great article. How many words was it? 20? <laughs> <laughs> so I got this note from this guy, uh, Mike Johnson, and I'm going to read it. Because it's a very interesting thing. I, I don't know quite what to do with this information, and, and you know, and, uh, it's, it's it's got a column written all over it, but I'm not sure really. But the, you'll see when you read it. John, I just wanted to share this with you in regard to your PC Magazine article, Liars, Cheaters, and Thieves, and I hope you find it of interest. In 1987, I worked for Technical Studies and Analysis, which was a private contractor working at the Cheyenne Mountain Project in Colorado Springs. While working there, one colonel, whom I thought was an intelligent man, told me several times during discussions about education of incidents that took place in the White House during Lyndon Johnson's administration. The colonel's name was Bill Yeltsin, and he had been the liaison for the Joint Chiefs of Staff to the Oval Office during Lyndon Johnson's administration. So he spent a lot of time at the White House in the Oval Office. Bill told me that the Joint Chiefs of Staff were called to the Oval Office three times during Lyndon Johnson's administration to be told that Johnson was going to declare martial law. Mm -hmm. so, 
suspending the Constitution because of the riots and demonstrations on college campuses in the United States. Bill also told me that it was the Joint Chiefs of, of Staff that talked Jones, Johnson out of it all three times. The result of the ensuing discussion was the conclusion that an educated population cannot be controlled and the United States should get out of the business of educating the population. <laughs> This brilliant decision was made in 1967, and the SAT scores for college entrance exams peaked in 1969 and have been in decline ever since. Yeah, they just changed the scale. They changed the scale, John. But to make it look good. Yeah. Of course, the Nixon administration had no problem embracing this philosophy, and the results are history and indirectly the George Bush administration. Anyway, it you, goes know, on. you know what's really nice? It's so nice to hear that someone from my audience is also paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah, because that is that is so on the money. It, it is so absolutely right. You know, the, the, this administration has threatened martial law to the um, to con to Congress to uh, right. when they were on the, on the bailout bill. Right. Like if you guys don't put this through, there's going to be martial law. They'll be fighting in the streets. And of course, they were right because it's happening now worldwide. Uh, have you been following Greece, my friend? Yeah, Greece is a mess. Yeah, Greece is all over. You know, the funny thing is, it's, it's interesting to me. This, by the way, what took place in the late 60s during the various cities that had riots. The Detroit riots were the most uh, notable. But they happened in Oakland and other places around the country. Which, and for the people who don't know about the Detroit riots, this was about housing. Um, well, you know, it, it was the way these things happen. And I think the Greece situation is exactly the same. It's there's a pent up hostility. Yeah. Some, and then something happens. Some, something happens. Right, and then and there's a snap. triggering mechanism. Yeah. Exactly. And the triggering mechanisms, you, you know, the people keep focusing on it when it's not really what caused it. And the triggering mechanism in Greece was, I guess, some uh, 15 year old boy got shot by police and killed. Right. Yeah. That was the trigger. I, but the but the people are you know they've got pitchforks and uh, and torches out uh, in front of uh, government. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Belgium, have you do you follow what happened in Belgium? No. Oh, no, this I'm, is, a, I'm not on that one. Oh, this is a, this is fantastic. So they've had a, a huge issue with their government, uh, with their parliament in general for the past night. They actually had no government for several months, and this is uh, an inherent problem in the region between the Flemish speaking uh, population of uh of belgium and the french-speaking population and they hate each other and i'm not kidding they the absolutely for whatever reason they just hate each other the Valloniers and the and the and the flemish and uh so we had this huge uh, nationalization of the fortis bank which is half belgian half dutch um and was subsequently uh, nationalized uh partially by the dutch government partially by the belgian government and uh, they tried to pull a fast one. What they wanted to do is sell Fortis, which now was owned by the people, by the governments. They wanted to sell it to the BNP Bank. But they did it without consulting the shareholders, who, of course, were in the tank. You know, they're, they're the, it was like, you know, I don't know, 30 euros a share or whatever, half a year ago, and now it's a euro a share. They didn't consult the... Um, the shareholders, and of course there was a revolt among shareholders, but what happened is it turns out the prime minister and the minister of justice uh, obstructed justice by trying to, you know, it's not quite clear what they did, but they obstructed justice to, to make this merger go through, um, and then, uh, you know, there was essentially an intervention and it got stopped. And uh, which of course will, you know, now makes the sale impossible. It screws up two banks. 
Um, but the the population is outraged, and they're starting fires in the streets. They're like, you know, you guys don't love us, which, yeah, big surprise, your government doesn't love you, Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> when will when will people wake up? <laughs> hey, they had one of those um, photo booths at the airport at Schiphol Airport. The ones that takes the picture of you naked. Tell me about this. Yeah, well, you don't. You, I'm sure you've seen the pictures, haven't you? Of these? No, uh, I don't know anything about it. I'm completely out of oh, the loop. Oh, come on, man! And so you have these new newfangled security devices, uh, and there's two now. Uh, when you get go to the EasyJet Easy EasyJet gate. Uh, the old-fashioned, put it through the x-ray. No, walk. No, what, what, what airport is this again? Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. Okay. A very modern, you know, of course. Oh, right, the, I've been there. It's a gorgeous airport. Yeah. It's one of the prettiest airports I've ever been to. Yeah, owned, owned by the government. And um, so you have the old-fashioned, uh, put your shit through the x-ray and then walk through the metal detector. Take off your shoes, of course, and all everything you have. Strip down. And now on the left-hand side, you still have the X-ray for your bag, but then you you go into a booth. It's a clear booth. You st you turn f uh, ninety degrees facing towards a, a wall. You put your hands up above your head in a, like an ex like a it's it's the weirdest pose because you know it makes it looks like you're surrendering, which of course is exactly <laughs> you are. what you're you doing. Are. It's just a very symbolic. Yes. And then and they have a little little monitor showing you what's happening, right? So you see. You see the so there's a picture taken and then you see all these wires and there's a back office and that's where people are looking to see what you're wearing. They don't actually show the picture, but if you uh, Google it on the internet, you'll see that it pretty much it looks like you're naked. That's pretty much what they're seeing there. And it sounds like a pretty interesting job to have. <laughs> for, well, particularly you know, so my my wife is a celebrity. And she said, I'm not going to walk through that. And I said, well, no, not today because you have a choice, but, but tomorrow. And, um, it was funny because I learned something else about my wife. She's, she's starting to wake up a little bit. Cause here's, here's a trick I do. And here's something I advise to you that will make you feel much better and probably not get you in jail. When you're at the airport, um, now typically, this is what I find. Uh, it's in the States, it happens a lot, but it was happening at, at Amsterdam, uh, Schiphol Airport. The, um, Security personnel, so that would be TSA in the states. They bark at you, and and they bark commands, and they you know, and it's just it's a very it's it's offensive the way it comes across. I've learned that if you speak to them in exact, and it's not easy to do because you, you got to practice. But if they sp if you speak back at them in exactly the same tone and volume as they're speaking to you, it really sets them back. <laughs> And, and so what, so, you know, I have a li my little computer bag. There was no computer in it. It's, it's actually, it's it, only a netbook would fit into it, but I kind of like it. So I just put my uh, passport and stuff in there and I put it on the, on the x-ray belt. And, uh, and this, this woman who was just been barking was like, take your laptop out, sir. And I went, there's no laptop in there. And she went, and you could see her like step back three steps. And, um, and she's like, what is, what is, what are you talking about? And, and my wife actually steps in. She says, you are just rude. <laughs> You're just barking at people. Why do you do that? Why do you have to bark at people? Just talk to them in a civil tone of voice. But I've started doing this, and it's a lot of fun. You know, the people that, <laughs> that have the little plastic baggies, they have these at Heathrow. They have yellow shirts on, and they have plastic bags, and this is where you're supposed to put your liquids in there. And they, they're literally like, do you have any liquids? Do you need a plastic bag? And, and, and I can't help myself. Like, no, I don't. I do not need a plastic bag. I need no liquids. 
And you can see that, and they're, and they're freaked out. And, and, and some of them actually realize, crap, you know, I'm talking like a fucking idiot. So anyway, that's a tip of the day. And I was very happy to see my wife just step up there for a moment and say, hey, you know, dude, chill the fuck out. People are crazy. Give, give someone a badge and they turn into a uh, Nazi. Ugh. Yeah, it's the old rule. And while you're in the top, well, that top, there's a couple good books that people should read. One of them is uh, Sinclair Lewis's "It Can't Happen Here," mm. which actually describes the situation: uh, the, the badge turning people into Nazis. Let me write this down. Hold and on a the second. other hold, one, hold, which hold, is hold, a little hold, harder. Hold. To- Let me just write it down. Uh, it'll be important for Bubba as well. Is Sinclair who? Sinclair Lewis, the famous uh, Nobel Prize winning novelist from the who did most of his good work in the 20s. Well, you know, the Nobel since Al Gore won at the Nobel Peace Prize means shit. No, that's different. Means, this uh, is I'm talking about Nobel Prize for literature, not the Nobel Peace Prize. The Nobel prizes are done in Sweden. The Nobel Peace Prize is done in Norway and it's a different group of oh. it's totally different. Oh, okay. Didn't didn't realize. People don't understand that. But okay, Sinclair fact. Lewis it can't happen here. Sounds great. Sounds like a throwback great. to Nazi Germany. Great book. And then there's a book, I can't remember the name of the author, it's Chinese. Uh, it's a thick, it's a very interesting book to read. In fact, it was banned, I think, in China. Uh, and it was a bestseller in Hong Kong and most of Asia called Life and Death in Shanghai. Okay, Life and Death in And Shanghai. Life and Death in Shanghai is, is one of the most uh, chilling accounts of people uh, and how they, uh, you know, it, it, this was during the turnover of Shanghai uh, as it went communist and it, actually the whole, this, the era of Shanghai around World War Two uh, and before and sh- and after, I think a little bit. Uh, it's just, but it's just a, a, a hair raising. Uh, excellent book to read. And that's, uh, it's so it's so funny you say that because you know I often equate uh, the situation, the scenario that we're into, you know, very much what happened in World War Two. You know, we had a lot. Of, you know, the economic conditions turned out to be the same, and we had a lot of luxury and and society gossip. And then this guy rose up, and then of course, you know, there was the true fascism integration of corporations and government. And so when I equate what's happening with Obama to Hitler and, you know, Patricia will say, Hey man, you, you know, you, you shouldn't say that because he was a really bad dude. So yeah, but the whole point is no one said anything then. And that was the whole problem. If someone had stepped up, then maybe it would have stopped. Right. Well, I'm not going to go as far as to equate uh, uh, Obama with Hitler until I see the signs, big giant. And I, I was I was with somebody the other day who I believe is a uh, he says he's not, but I think he's an economic hitman. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm walking down the street, and we just, I noticed that if you go to the Fifth and Mission Garage in San Francisco and you look down Fifth, way down there, there's a building with a poster you know they're because of these new inkjet printers they're printing these these billboards the size of you know the unbelievable yeah. size of a building and so i saw and it was a gap ad or something it's huge but i i pointed and said you know what two when, years from now it's going to be a big picture of obama's obama. head with our glorious leader yeah war <laughs> is peace war is peace <laughs> right well you know where that's from don't you yeah 1984 i think yeah okay just checking so, yeah, yeah. well, you know, but but anyway, at, le- at least he's bringing change, voting alongside President Bush for uh, or not voting. Or, how does this work? President Bush. So wait, the Senate said no bailout for the car companies. And then the president said, oh, here's the money. How does that work? Is, is government I, no longer necessary? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how any of this works anymore. He says he said they still had like 15 billion left from the first tranche of the TARP uh, troubled asset relief program. 
And, and so now they're taking 14.6 of that 15 billion, I guess 400 million is necessary for some country estate somewhere. Some more banker bonuses. Uh, so 14.6 billion and appropriating that towards the bailout. I don't understand. I mean, since when is a car company, how can that qualify as a bank? Well, as General Motors does because they do their own, or they used to do their own financing, GMAC. Right, but that would mean so it would go it would go to GMAC and not the actual production part of the company because it's well, two I separate companies. You know, I know, it? I know. I, you know, as far as I can can tell, this is some the best example of creative bookkeeping that we've ever seen in the history of the United States. And then, of course, we had the the other thing that we didn't talk about last week. Uh, or if we did, we didn't talk much about it. Uh, the uh, Bernie. Uh, uh, Bernie Madden, yeah, we Madden is not Madden, not Maddo, Madden. Maddo, 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 yeah, Maddo, Maddo. whatever, yeah, the 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 Ponzi scheme guy. We, what do you mean we did, we talked about it at great length? Did we? Yeah, yeah, well. sure we did. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the show. <laughs> really, really enjoy your your presence. So, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, so this has been going on since 1970 with this guy. Yeah, I know. This really amazing. You have to give the guy, uh, you know. But doesn't yeah. don't, don't people now understand that this is exactly how Wall Street works? I mean, it's it's and clearly the game is up for everybody, and it's just all collapsing on top of itself. And this this behavior, this lying, like Goldman Sachs saying oil going to two hundred, and then you know now oh now we got to reverse it around, and and you know they just it's down they, to thirty eight bucks at barrel. Yeah. But they tell you red, and then you, you know, and then they bet on black. That that's the way it is. And this, and the Ponzi scheme part, isn't that exactly what derivatives is all about? Yeah, it seems so. Hey, by the way, before we go too far in the show, I want to do a shout out to two of our uh, listeners who uh, gave us access to their sling boxes. Ah, yes. Uh, one is Justin Sloan in Hawaii, and by the way, if you haven't checked in on that on that uh, on the Hawaii news, they, they 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 got some of the they got a sportscaster on one of the stations that the guy is the size of five people. You know, there's these, <laughs> like these a- Polynesian certain you know, especially Samoans, they're just big. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about you know just not fat big, big. They're usually the guys you see on Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Huge. This guy's so big, it's like, oh my God. Anyway, the other, uh, our other pal is Andrew Thompson out of Detroit, yeah. which gives us a little access to the can- couple Canadian channels, uh, which, uh, now we need, we need to get some international people and cough up a serial number for us. It's really cool though, because people just send the serial number, say, hey, go ahead, you know, play around with it, and, and I love it. And, and, you know, it's it's like we've we've discovered sliced bread here. I mean, these sling boxes have been around for a while, but to have this type of little community is cool, especially when we're the sole benefactors of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also works for us because, for one thing, these both these guys, I guess, like you, they. By the way, your channels, you know, you got to fix that, or I guess when you move, never mind. When I move, I'm going to fix it. Yeah, because it's always switch. stuck on some. It's always stuck on the TV guide, and I can't change the channel. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's always Hawaii, stuck on whatever Hawaii my wife has. Uh, he doesn't have the, uh, the 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 program guide hooked up, but he does have the channel selector, so you can so you can go look it up on you know, on Yahoo right, TV right, or something right, and right, find right. see what's on what channel, and you can just change the channel. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's very cool, and what's cool about the fact that you and I are on different time schedules, so we probably don't bump into each other if no. we're actually scanning one of these uh, one of these boxes. No, it, it doesn't uh, conflict exactly. No, it's cool, and and I thoroughly enjoy it because I you know I just love particularly public access channels. So there was some 
Well, a- any C-SPAN type program, I really like. I'll, right, and I'll the local ones, you can't, I mean, you know, somebody sent us a note saying, well, you know, you could get a lot of these things on the internet, and, you know, just go directly, and they have streaming, and it's, it's not, not the, same. the same as going no. to some, it's like being in Detroit, Yeah, and then, and it, you know, what? it's like if you were in a hotel room, I guess, and having full access to the whole cable system, and seeing the wacky stuff, and watching the local news, it's actually quite entertaining. The local news is fantastic. That's why I think a really good, if we had a big setup, a bunch of these things all over the country and England and wherever, so we could get like, I, I, there's nothing better. For example, there's a, say there's a disaster in, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina. It would be cool to watch the local news coverage of it rather than, you know, what we get, which is just watered down and, Bullshit. you know, some freelance yeah. correspondent. By the way, speaking of that, did you hear that the four C cables were cut once again? Oh, really? Yeah. I this, no, I didn't. I, I, I was reading. Hold on a second. Let me just find it. This was, um, it, it just happened today. Hold on. I'm just getting situated. I don't know where I read that. I'm sure someone posted it onto my drop site, so I'll bring that up. Yeah, it's uh, apparently all traffic to uh, India was was like 8 or 80% was, uh, was cut off. Um, I'll get the details. It's coming up. It's a little bit slow. Oh, here it comes. Hold on. It's a little bit slow. Uh, usually, uh, wonder what the backstory is on this one. They, you know, they came up with the other one. It was just an accident. Oh, right. Here we go. Just, uh, undersea cables cut. Fourteen countries lose access. Oh, this is from Wired. Okay. Hold on. Uh, reports from the Mediterranean indicate that two of the undersea cables severed and repaired earlier this year have been cut again, disrupting internet access and phone service between the Middle East, Europe, and parts of Asia. An additional third cable is down in the same region. Hmm. The so-called C-Me-We-4 cable, whatever. Interesting. The Middle East involved yet again. Yes. Uh, France Telecom report listed 14 countries affected. Wait, that's a link. 14 countries affected by the current problem. The Maldives are 100% down. Well, <laughs> there you go. Here we go. Saudi Arabia, 50% out of service. Djibouti, 71%. Egypt, 52%. United Arab Emirates, 68% out of service. And I'm not quite sure how they're measuring that. India, so they're doing like they're doing packet pings or whatever. 82, I have no idea. Yeah, 82% of packets dropped, I'll just presume. Lebanon, Malaysia, Maldives, Pakistan, Qatar, Syria, Taiwan, Yemen, and Zambia. At the same huh. time, Russian warships pull into harbor in Cuba. You did know that, uh, didn't you? Um, what? What? Do they have any news there? I mean, do, do yeah. you know what day it is in America? <laughs> uh, some about you know. There's a couple things. One, uh, uh, we do have a lot of news. Uh, Nicole Kidman got herself here, got her tit in the ringer for uh, playing a didgeridoo, which yeah. apparently is not supposed to be played by women because it makes them infertile, yeah. according to legend. And then something Britney Spears, I guess, was. Uh, in the news for something or other, that that's pretty much covers the, what we're dealing with here. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it, it's almost like a replay, man. So the, yeah, Pete, that's what people in Europe are saying. It's like, wow, isn't that just kind of like Kennedy, where you know, early in his administration, you got the miss the Cuban Missile Crisis, and now an actual Russian warship is now in at port in Cuba. And I think they're only there for one reason: the cigars. Hookers. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> uh, it's a crazy-ass world. Crazy, so, crazy-ass uh, world. 
Yeah, yeah, I think obviously they're uh, doing some saber rattling to keep uh, to to try to keep that missile shield out of Poland or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, well, that ain't gonna happen. That's going. That's going up. I don't know. I think Obama's gonna find an excuse not to put it there. Oh please. Oh please. No it's way. It's just an expensive waste of money. <sighs> yeah. Well, I, I, I somehow I doubt that he's going to stop that. I, I really can't see, and 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 if so, then it's just a small piece of the of the aggression towards that entire region, with the, with the, the troop movements we're putting in there. So well, maybe. Well, we'll see. I'm um, giving the guy. I'm, I'm giving the guy a uh, benefit a of pass. the doubt. Oh. Yeah, I'm giving him a pass, a benefit of the doubt. Everybody's all over this character, but uh, from both sides of the aisle. I mean, the entire, uh, like the, 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 all the left wingers out here, including the crazy mayor we've got over here in San Francisco, came out and moaned and groaned about Obama, who Obama picked for the convocation. What's the, what's and the convocation? The convocation is, you know, when they when he's going to get it's a guy who gives a prayer. You oh, know, you mean? Oh, yeah, it's a controversial guy or whatever. That, that he's he a chose. guy. He's just one of these, you know, mega church guys or right. evangelist or whatever right. he is. And you know, he said he he doesn't think much. He, he was, I guess, one of the guys that was a uh, uh, that was for Proposition Eight in California. You know, the the gay marriage amendment. Oh, okay, right, right, right. And so because of that, you know, right. he's 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 no good. And um, so they're fussing at Obama for that. And I guess they're fussing at him for a bunch of other stuff he's doing. And then, uh, of course, all the right-wing talk show guys are, you know, convinced that Obama is Hitler. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're all going to be, you know, wearing brown shirts. And, of course, there is that issue with Obama wanting to have that civilian army. Of a million people. Yeah, that's pretty weird. But I think that that's going to be – I think he's going to be too busy. I think it's a, every every American uh, has to do fifty hours of community service per well, year. That too, that's different though. There's another one. He's going to do a, like a military, you know, brown shirts essentially. Well, but it's already starting. We we now have for the Christmas uh, season. We ha- we're going to have uh, DUI checkpoints armed by military for training purposes only. Of course. Where's this in California, dude? Well, I'll tell you one thing that's weird. Up in uh, Washington, because now they've declared the border areas of the United States to be, to include one, it's like a 100 mile from the borders is called the border area. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> in other words, everything in, in the country except for like Wyoming and North yeah. Dakota and South Dakota is a border area. Actually, North Dakota is. I'm sorry, I'm South Dakota. So, um, so up in uh, Port Angeles, where I'm where I'm headed, so I'm gonna have a white Christmas. It's snowing up there. It's gonna be good for a laugh. Um, there are. Apparently, they're called Border Patrol. They've got some new border agency or some bull that's actually turns out to be Homeland Security. Yeah. And, and they gave them a different title. Yeah, and they're doing so, illegal, illegal search and seizure. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're stopping people left and right for no yeah. apparent reason and making them look, open their trunk. Yeah. And they're like acting like cops, but they, they have no police power or they do. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. the deal is. They're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is all coming from the Northern Command as well, which was set up by, uh, I think Clinton set up the Northern Command, didn't he? Which is Could uh, be. yeah, in case of uh, in in case of basically the precursor to martial law, um, but yeah, there's there's three or four, maybe even five battalions now, and uh, in California, uh, they're going to be doing D- DUI checkpoints, and uh, they'll be 
Former, Where did you get this story? From the news. You didn't what know this? What newspaper are you reading? The Independent I, or the Telegraph? I mean, where is it? I didn't actually, see it. I, actually, this came from the Army Times, I think. It's from their own fucking publication. It seems to me that this is not being played up very much. And it's, it's, I mean, I'm living in the Berkeley area, for God's sake. There should be riots in the street. These people are rioting over the gay marriage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank that's my point, as always. They're rioting about fraud on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, We're doomed. It. I can find it for you if you want. Hold I'm on. taking your side now. Yeah, oh. if, this is, if, if, I, if I see one military guy stopping anybody for any reason in this during this holiday season, then I'm going to not argue with you anymore. Will you then do a daily show with me and we'll just go full force against the New World Order, John? <laughs> until we're killed. Uh, yeah, well, the, that's what I tell my wife. I said, look, here's, what, here's who you call. Here's all the information. And please don't let anyone tell you that it was suicide by cop. That's bullshit. That's not suicide. He was depressed. Well, that's what they did with the guy in Guilford. They're literally calling it was suicide by cop, you know, because he, he was so depressed. He took a fake gun and waved it at the police so he could get killed. And it wouldn't it wouldn't shoot. It wouldn't even make a noise. Suicide by cop. Yeah, well, this is going to happen. I'm looking up, uh, I'm trying to find an art, a good article for you. Well, the Something Army Times has got actually, you know, the Army Times, is. I should look at it more often for the blog, because it's got good material in it. Well, this is where I, this is where I learned about it first. Are you looking at it, Army Times? No, I'm not. Hold on, I, I want to find it for you. Yeah, man, this is, this is completely, uh, so for, for those of you who don't live in America, and for many of you who do, there is something called the Posse Comitatus Act. Uh, which for, specifically forbids under, um, uh, except under special circumstances. I don't think it's, I think it's part of the Constitution. It's part of the Constitution. I'm sorry, you're right. It's part of the Constitution. Yeah. It forbids the army being used against American citizens unless uh, special circumstances voted by uh, Congress. And, of course, uh, with all the executive orders Bush put into place, it can basically now just happen. It can just take place. This is interesting. Uh, the top story in Army Times is special ops surge sparks debate. Defense Secretary Robert Gates, who's going to be working for Obama, is obviously working for him now because he plans to deploy three additional combat brigades to Afghanistan. That's not going to work, by the way. What's not going to work? Anything. Well, but they're only in Afghanistan as a base. I mean, it's they got to get out of there. They're not. They're going to stay there forever. They love it. Did you see the picture of Bush hugging Karzai? No. Dude. Were they, ki were they kissing? Almost. Almost. Mm -hmm. But he had his hand on his, like his neck and his, and the back of his neck, you know, like really, really like pushing his face against his. It was kind of creepy. Of course, it's just a, it's just a, a snapshot. So you, you know, it, it's taken out. Well, of you know, I have context. a photo. I got to put this on the blog. I'm gonna have to dig it up because I, you know, I unfortunately I take so many pictures that these. I have a lot of material that just starts disappearing into the ether. You know, I have something like I think I'm up to uh, some outrageous number. It's like, like three, four hundred gigabytes of photos. It's horrible. Anyway, I have this picture during the uh, during the convention. There was uh, when Obama was giving us uh, during the convention when he got his numbers or whatever, uh, and Biden came out on the stage with his wife, and Obama gave Biden's wife a big kiss. 
and mm-hmm. uh, on the lips, I believe. Mm-hmm. How hot! And I'm surprised somebody didn't make a fuss about that, but they didn't. But then, but they, what they should have made a fuss about was later. I think Biden gave a speech or something, and his daughters came out, and he grabbed one of his daughters by. I have the picture because <laughs> I I took it off the thing off the screen. He grabbed his daughter's head like in a like grabbed her head and then gave her a, a big wet one on the lips. Uh, that's just, that's kind of wrong. And I, I looked at this. Like, I tell you, when you see the picture, you go, "What? What is wrong with this picture?" Yeah, that's. That I mean, it was like wrong, you know, he. It was like a. It was it like a passionate kiss. <laughs> oh my god! And I don't know why I didn't blog it when it right away, but I think it's one of those busy. You know, some of the stuff falls by the way. So I'm gonna try to dig that up because it's, it's still. I'm still shaking my head about it. So I don't see anything here on Army Times about the. Um, okay, I'm looking up DUI Army. Post. So I like to call him the Sergeant Shopper. <laughs> That's great. Okay, here we go. What is this from? This is from. Uh, I'm, I'm, what I'm looking for is I'm, I'm looking for like a serious, uh, like a mainstream publication, so I don't get one of those. Oh, it's just a conspiracy theory, nutters. And of course, uh, uh, military police assisting civilian police DUI checkpoints. Um, I'm just trying to find a good one. I'll find it. For, it's it's out there. I mean, with a little right, with well, a little bit of research. Send it to me and Link when yeah, you find one. Yeah. So anyway, so it'll be nice to have you uh, over on our side, John. I cannot wait. Very exciting. And what if my, one of my bloggers may have blogged that? Oh, I'm sure they have. This has been going. This the conversation about this has been going on for uh, weeks now. Ever ever since it was first announced in the Army Times that um, that they were now positioning these, you know, like five to twenty thousand troop strong battalions in the states and these are these are guys and gals who just came out of iraq you know they're they're like they've done some serious time um but i'm happy yeah we don't need that those guys floating around trigger happy right so i just want to repeat you said that if they're uh, if the army is involved in dui checkpoints stop i said if i see oh if you see yeah keep going a military guy at a roads block somewhere checking for DUI, then I'll, I'll, um, I'm on your side. For I mean, no, I, no. Then what I, thought, what I said exactly was, then I'll, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Yeah, no, but I think which will make the show really interesting. By the way, but, <laughs> I can, I'm not I, worried about it. Hearts are breaking nationwide. I can hear it. Anyway, no, so that's nobody, uh, nobody picked it up. Of course not. It might be Bubba may have had it have it over on the cage match. Yeah, the, they have a lot of other stuff over there. The thing is, if I start surfing websites, then never mind. Yeah, don't do do some other time. I don't want to do that. But uh, something else that that uh, you may or may not have heard about. Um, there's this uh, this thing going on with um, with Earth's magnetic field and the distance of space to the Earth. Have you been following any of that? Yeah, well, that's been. They actually, I think there was even a Nova. Uh, that was talking about the Earth's magnetic field. It's expected to, to, you know, it's apparently in the in the mode of about to, to change poles. Yeah, I mean, it may take a thousand years to do it, but in the process of of of, of changing and re uh, recharging itself, because mm-hmm. uh, we need that magnetic field. That's what keeps us from keeps becoming us, Mars. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> the cosmic rays are buffered. You know, it's like a buffer, and then the, anyway, it's a. It's like a machine that keeps us from getting killed, and um, but it, it, it seems to be having all kinds of weirdness going on right now with little hot spots of magnetism and in areas right. where there's no magnetism, and it's you know, it's, I guess the something's going on. NASA's five themis 
Themis spacecraft have discovered a breach in Earth's magnetic field ten times larger than anything previously thought to exist. Solar wind can flow in through the opening to load up the magnetosphere. Yeah. Love that. For powerful geomagnetic storms. Which, by right. the way, uh, we had one in, I want to say, 90, 97, 98. Do you remember that when it knocked out all the satellites and pagers stopped working and cell phones crapped out and there was no more satellite television? Hmm. Don't you remember that? No. I remember ta- the, the the discussion about it, but it, my understand or my re- remembrance of it was not that much happened at least around here. Hmm. Well, in New York, it was a big deal because pagers were pretty important at the time, and cell phones were you know were not really prolific for some reason. They were too expensive. That would yeah, that would probably have been a part of it. So I don't know what that means, but a lot of. 2012 people are jumping on the story. Oh, saying, those see, 2012 see, people. See, see, see. Those are the worst. <laughs> Be careful now. What what happens in 2013? This is the thing that's going to, you know, I, it's just around the corner, so I'm actually looking forward to it. What happens in 2013? I'll tell you exactly what happens. All these 2012 people are going to go on with this. I think the calculation was there's something in there, the math. <laughs> it wasn't quite right. They're going to come up with another date. <laughs> it wasn't quite right. I mean, this is all these doomsday people. Always, they always have their fixed date. They always make it too close to when they're still alive, so the people they can rib them about it. And so they always, you know, it's always just around the corner. So then it comes and goes. I mean, we're supposed to have the end of the world in two thousand, if anybody remembers that. And then, uh, you know, then comes and goes. And then they're contrite about it, or they come up with some other bogus reason. But they usually lose about seventy percent of their followers because it's like bogus. And then the thirty percent that's Stick around, build a new group with some other phony baloney doomsday date. I don't know. Well, a lot of that 2000, I mean... It's a club for getting laid, let's face it. Let me just uh, see if I can find some of those members. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, but, you know, the, the basis of the 2012 conversation, of course, is that the Mayan calendar actually ends then, and we usher in the age of Aquarius... And you know, so there's a little more to it than just people picking a date. And yeah, right. Now I have I just picked up the calendar today from the Mechanics Bank. Hey, guess what? It ends at the end of 2009. Yeah. Well, does that mean it's the end of the world? No, it means a calendar. I got to get a new calendar. Yeah, but the Mayans had all kinds of magic powers, dude. Yeah, they had mathematical. That's why they got killed off by a bunch of dumb Spaniards. <laughs> <laughs> We're making friends left and right. <laughs> I do. I do like uh, the office of the president elect announcing uh, Tom Vilsack as uh, secretary of agriculture. This guy what? is uh, is uh, well. He basically he campaigned using the Monsanto private jet. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's a he's, he's a major uh, uh, GMO guy. He's all You're about kidding. No, Tom Vilsack. Look it up. And there was something else I found about Vilsack, which is related to Hillary Clinton, which was interesting. An, an article from March 2007. Democratic presidential contender Hillary Clinton has agreed to help the one-time candidate who endorsed her on Monday as he seeks to retire a, a campaign debt of more than four hundred thousand dollars. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, hmm, could that be related to his uh, appointment? 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so Monsanto's in the White House already. Is yes. that what you're telling me? Monsanto's, Great. of course they are. Yeah, I've I've been yeah. doing a lot of reading about GMO, and it's it's kind of freaking me out. It's a genetically modified organism, I guess, is what it's for. Um, but so so what they do, yeah, Frankenfood. So what they do is particularly with uh, corn, which uh, corn isn't just about everything we eat directly or indirectly. No, uh, we're a corn culture. We are a corn culture. They take a 22 caliber, uh, either shotgun, uh, but a 22 caliber bullet, and they, and they jam in there the pro, like the, mm, I'm gonna say it wrong, either the, the actual gene or the protein, the part of the DNA of a pesticide, and they shoot it into the grain, uh, or into the seed, and then through some magical explosive process, uh, an, a protein develops so that this corn can be sprayed with pesticide. Uh, they call it herbicide to make it sound more friendly. Um, and so that the corn will then grow uh, without... Yeah, I think it is an herbicide. I think it is an it herbicide. It is an herbicide because it kills weeds. You're right. It is an herbicide. Yeah. Uh, so it's killing other plants, but it's genetically modified so that it... Um, so, so that it won't is, die. The corn, right. it doesn't the corn is, right. It, yeah. But they feed this corn to laboratory, laboratory rats and 50% of them die. Probably not healthy corn. No, but it's, it's, it's in pretty much everything these days. And of course, as we've identified, you turned me on to this story months ago with the seed would, you know, the seed actually spreads to other, to the farmers next door. Contaminates everything. Contaminates, and the, and it's not just the problem that it's then contaminated and it's genetically modified. But then Monsanto comes up and says, "Hey, excuse me, we own the uh, patent on that. That's our seed. Either you pay us for it, or we're going to destroy your crop." Because they own it, they've patented it, they own food, and that is now indeed in the White House. Yeah. Well, that's good news. Thanks for that. Sure, I got many more. No, that's okay. <laughs> Now that and and that whole Clinton See, uh, thing. Let me go back to the uh, Nicole Kidman story. <laughs> that Australia movie is just wonderful. And by the way, isn't she barren? I thought that I thought that was the, re the whole reason that Tom Cruise got rid of her because she was blowing that didgeridoo and she couldn't have kids. It's possible. I, I see. I, she, I, th she I might think be barren. She, I think so. It's a horrible way to. Is that it's the correct term? Yeah, no, that's that's, that's the, the right way term. It's said. I mean, nobody uses that word anymore. I'm, I'm surprised you did it, but it's because uh, it's it's just got to be the worst thing for a woman to. You know, it's like you know uh, a chicken that can't lay an egg kind of thing. But it's like, uh, I mean, it's got can't be a pleasant. Uh, situation to be barren it's like being sterile or you know guys who you know don't have enough uh their sperm counts not what it should be it's they, they have you know just shooting with blanks they used to always call it yeah now barren is i think that's probably uh old english even i remember it from the oneidan line which was a fantastic series i'm sure you've never seen and uh, but it was 17 1800s uh england and they would talk about she is barren and that was that was shameful if you were barren you were no good so um, anyway, yeah, maybe she's been blowing that thing too long. I mean, maybe she blew you know, something. I mean, maybe there's some something to it. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Because the funny thing about the didgeridoo is that it may, which I think is the ever ones you see these things. I don't know if anybody knows, but this is a long pipe that's got a. I don't know what's even inside the thing. It's like a string or something, and it uh, you blow, you make a sound into it, and it makes a crappy noise. And uh, it's more like. Yeah, that's pretty close. And uh, 
it's uh, you've run into these guys with these things because there's somebody who goes to Australia. They're in the subways of New York, and I think I've seen one in London uh, playing the thing with the you know with the with the hat out for donations. Like you should give them money for this, and. Um, I just find it to be an, a not, an obnoxious instrument, but it gives off such a weird sound that I could see where it could have some some. Uh, there you go. That's actually the kangaroo hop, is what that one's called. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that is the didgeridoo. I don't know where you got that clip, but uh, good good one from the didgeridoo uh, sound clips archive, of course. It's annoying. It's an obnoxious <laughs> instrument. Uh, you should be cursed by barrenness if you say that. So the um, the only thing that sounds worse than that is a bagpipe. Oh, boy. Don't make me do that. <laughs> I am not, I repeat, not going to play bagpipes on the show. Not a good idea. Yeah. The, anyway, so Did you get a flu shot this year? Yeah, I always get a flu shot. Oh, good. Then uh, besides all the mercury that now is in your body, it is uh, interesting to note that, uh, and this is from Reuters, of the 50 uh, samples they tested the uh, the current flu on, 49 failed <laughs> the, the the virus. Yeah, that's why I always carry, I always carry, and I tell people this, and I might as well discuss it right now, because uh, one of my friends had the flu the other day, and, and she, you know, didn't do the, this because she didn't know. I've actually sent a memo around last year to the Mevio staff discussing it, that, and I always travel. Wait, wait you're actually with, promoting flu, flu shots? No, I always travel with Tamiflu. Right, so Tamiflu and, is the stuff that's not working. That's exactly what the article says. Tamiflu is not working against this. Tamiflu? You, Tamiflu? It says Tamiflu is, yes, is not working? Yes, it does. Working? It says Tamiflu okay. is not working. All right, then I can take it one step further. First, let me describe what Tamiflu does. But I, I, I it was expected, by the way, because there used to be a thing called Flumidine or something like that that was a precursor to Tamiflu, and it stopped working about five years ago just out of the blue. You won't even, can't even, if you've got a prescription, it doesn't do anything, just mm -hmm. for no known reason. And so everyone's expecting that this would happen to Tamiflu. There's a fallback called Relenza. No, it's and listed here as well as not working. Here. No, yes. it doesn't work either. Yes, here it's a. Uh... You gotta send me, send me this link. Okay, here it comes. That's not good, dude. They're gearing so in China now. Of course, there's another outbreak of the bird flu, and they've got billions of dollars already spent on some BS the thing they're gonna want to inject you with. There's the link. Tamiflu, blah 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 blah. A similar drug is Relenza. Or Zanamivir, made by GlaxoSmithKline. They never tried it against Relenza. They just say a similar drug, and they're trying to pass it off. No, 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 no. Read the, read the I'm article. I'm reading, I'm reading. Read the article. Where is it? Tamiflu uh, Alternatives. It, yeah, it's re, uh, Remotidine is the one that uh, that doesn't work at all. You shouldn't be taking these shots at all, John. This is these are not shots. These are pills you take. Oh, the Tamiflu are pills, yeah. Don't take that either. Don't take any of that. Oh, you just get sick and die. Give me a break. I used Tamiflu when I had the flu. One time a couple years ago, in fact, I've used both of these, and they work great. And let me explain what they do. It's kind of interesting. I've used Tamiflu for uh, a urinary tract infection. You did? That was I was prescribed with it. That's weird. Just so, saying. Uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, I have a blog post on Relenza. Go to the uh, Dvorak.org slash blog and type in Relenza, R-E-L-E-N-Z-A. Instead of boring you stiff with it because you're just going to moan and groan about Don't take anything. Do not let it the works, government... Not, anyway, Tamiflu works like a champ. Well, but not according to this article on the current strain of I think of this flu. is a bogus article. Uh, from Reuters. Okay, good. No, I think it's like they're trying to get you to get... It says, CDC says there's still time for Americans to get a flu shot as the season usually peaks in February. This is what the, That was the punchline to the story, the last paragraph. So what they're trying to do is get everyone... To, they got the huge stockpile of flu vaccine. They're giving shots at Costco. And, you know, after that fiasco from a few years ago, now they make too much of this stuff. And so they're trying to get rid of it. So that's what this is about. Okay, so my advice still holds, and you'll back me up. Don't let you don't get injected by anything because it's not going to work anyway. Just get some Tamiflu. Is that what you're saying? No, I always get a flu shot. You're the first one to go, man. No, nope, you'll see. Okay, I haven't had the flu ever since I started getting flu shots. I mean, except that one time where I had to use Tamiflu, what happened was the flu that was predicting you because these are predictive uh, uh, vaccines. Uh, there was something called the California flu that showed up in around the Bay Area, and I ended up getting it. And I used Tamiflu, and Tamiflu works great. It just basically, essentially, the way Tamiflu and Relenza work is that it stops the reproductive process of the of the flu that's in you, and 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 keep whatever amount of symptoms you have when you start taking these drugs. They stops, but you maintain those symptoms. So for five days, but you don't get really sick, and you can still go to work, and you're not can, not contagious, and all the rest of it. But anyway. After five days, it gives your body enough time to actually produce its own flu shot because it builds up the antibodies against this little batch of flu that's still in you. And then when you, you, when you get off the drug, you actually have a spike. It's really actually kind of an interesting experience. You have a spike of flu. It's just like, oh, the drug didn't work. It's the first thing you think of because you start getting really sick. And then within, it's almost like within hours, it just disappears. It's like your body says, oh, well, this is no good, and it just goes after this, and, and it just knocks it out instantly. It's, a, it's actually the weirdest experience you'll ever have uh, in terms of, like, you know, disease. And uh, so I, I always travel with Tamiflu, and my family has it all the time. We always have a batch with us, just in case. Uh, for a while there, it was said that that was going to be important for others. It, couldn't it also shield you against radiation or something? It could help with that? I, remember, I never I heard any of this other stuff. I don't know about that then. Okay. I thought it was pretty well, you know, targeted. I don't know. Maybe it does other things against other viruses. I mean, it's antiviral, but um, I know it doesn't do anything against a cold. And, um, you know, this article is kind of, this article is kind of sketchy. International Monetary Fund Managing Director Dominique Strauss-Kahn has warned that advanced nations could face civil unrest during distressful economic times. Social unrest may happen in many countries, including advanced economies, if the economic crises are not properly dealt with. Basically, what we're seeing happening now. Yeah, it's pretty funny. How come that doesn't happen in America? How, how, how come people aren't just so pissed off and angry? Well, there's one main reason... Because. We don't know anything. <laughs> We've been dumbed down, like my article. We don't have any news. I mean, all I like, what's the top of the news? If I went and look at the top news stories here, uh, let's see, news, U.S. 
Well, often it's listed, but it only here, it's this only is one like, story. No, here I'm looking at the Reuters site. They had the, Tam- the phony Tamiflu story. <laughs> Retailers hope for crowds and final holiday push. Top story. Pike Pacower Foundation closes due to Madoff investment. A lot of charities are going broke. Yeah. Uh, yeah then we have some blogs and the Greek police class with protesters. And then a, a, a puff piece on Obama. What a good guy he is. And I'm looking, 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 nothing. Phenomenal. Isn't oh, it? oh, there's one. Wait, here's one. There's a, no, that's a Google ad. Actually, the more interesting news, news is in the Google ad. Um, poll. China and India have had made a big strides in space in recent months, fueling talk of another race to land a man on the moon. Should the United States return to the moon? Yes, no. So let's put no and see what happens. Uh, look at this. There's 42% yes and 58% no. See, this is where now we don't even want to go to the moon. <laughs> oh, There's fantastic. nothing here. There's no here. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Let me go to the better news. Lifestyle. <laughs> what are you what looking I, at? This is Google? What are you looking at? Man? This is the Reuters news site with all the you know top <laughs> stories. Do they have anything about the, the uh, internet tax that New York is going to charge now? Nothing about that. No, there's right? nothing like uh, it. Well, maybe under politics. Let's see what politics uh, reveals. Yeah, politics By the way, is- that, that one of their pages fell apart from bad CSS. Bush, auto plan, only way to stave off collapse. Of the world. Obama picks climate specialist as science advisor. Oh, oh that's great. oh, don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I think so. I, I'm, I haven't been able to find the link, but somewhere I heard some or I read someone that said Al Gore said these colder periods are entirely indicative of global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Like, yeah. No way. Yeah. I know. Fantastic. I get it. Every time we br- we bring this up on the show quite a bit. I love doing I it. I always get an email <laughs> from somebody saying it's natural to be colder during global warming. You know, it's yeah, of course typical. it is. <laughs> Makes nothing but sense. <laughs> it's natural for it to be colder during global warming. Yes, I understand. I totally get it. So, um, so well, that's that is quite interesting. And, well, the guy, the guy who sent me the note. He said, also says, and he says, global warming, climate change, they're trying to change the term themselves, uh, is going to result in really weird, erratic weather. And I'm thinking, because I, I don't know, I mean, there, if you start reading, because I, I did this as a project once, I read all the New York Times newspapers from about 1858 to about 1868. How long did that take you? <laughs> it took a long time. It took a number of months. And... Uh, I was collecting stories. That may not have been the period. It might have been from 1868 to 1878, but it was it was during the, around the Civil War, and um, and I'm not sure. I, I think yeah, I think it was. I think the Times was in business then. I think it was, was the time I was reading. Anyways, it, I was looking at all these well, little articles. Well, you, and they, you you read the originals, of course, when they came out in 1886. So of course, but I lost. <laughs> you know, my mom threw them away. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm reading this, and there was talk about erratic weather. I mean, if you start reading the history of weather in the United States, it's been erratic since day one. You know, storms of frogs, 
you know, there'd be something <laughs> happening in North Dakota. And it's just like rained frogs, you know, all over the place. And, you know, I guess there were frogs, and, you know, people had this, you know, you couldn't get outside without stepping on a bunch of frogs that were raining down for some unknown reason. Nobody even knew where the frogs came from. And, I mean, I remember that one distinctly going, is a real head shaker. And there's all kinds of, you know, weird, well, look at what happened to Mormon uh, legend about the uh, those locusts. And if you've ever seen one of those bugs, that the big ones, the they're, monsters, they're, they're scary. the size of a rat. Yeah, they're scary. And apparently they came in, you know, in some weather situation, and they just gobbled up the state of Utah, which is still a desert. And, uh, I mean, this is nothing new, this erratic weather we've had. Or then the biggest hurricanes we've had in the past. And there's that hurricane that hit Connecticut some, you know, around the turn of the century or sometime in the, you know, uh, I think it was like, I can't remember the date, but uh, it was 100 years ago. And... Uh, so this is bull. I mean, you know, this right now it's snowing in Vegas. In, in Vegas, it's snowing. It's, it's snowing in Vegas. Yeah, it's snowing in Vegas. This is just rap weather. It's what we have. Actually, in Vegas, once when it snows, it snows in Texas a lot, which really is weird since it never snows in the San Francisco Bay Area. Or it had it last time I think it was 1972-1973, uh, and it snowed a little bit, and that was the last we've seen of it. I remember being in Vegas when it snowed in uh, in the nineties in December. A CES, uh, not CES. What was uh, what was the Comdex? Yeah, it may have snowed on a Comdex. Yeah. I, it was a couple of years ago. It snowed. I was at the airport as the snow started falling, and it was I think in January was the first you know during CES. It's cold. It never stuck though. So, it's so, thick. It's, so, it's, it's, let's just move off this topic for a second. Heard, heard from the EasyJet flight attendant today. You'll love this. So you know that the, the big talk now in the, in Europe and the UK is the parity because the pound is now almost, it's like two cents difference equal to a euro. Wow. Yes. Wow. Indeed. And so on EasyJet, you can pay in sterling, as we say, or euros. And, uh, and I had lots of euros, so I want to get rid of some euros. And she has to do the calculation, and she, you know, she, I can see her like smoke come out of her ears. And I'm like, it's not that hard. It's like it's almost the same. You know, a euro is a pound. She says, "Isn't that amazing? I mean, why even bothered going anywhere? Why travel anymore? <laughs> These people are so used to everything being cheap when they leave their country because you know because the pound being so much more expensive or more valuable than any other monetary unit that literally that's coming out of a typical british person why bother traveling when the pound is you know is equal to a euro we can't get a bargain that's funny yeah can't get a bargain it never used to it always used to be traditionally a buck and a half or to a dollar for a pound and it has fluctuated it goes up to, I, i've never seen it as high as it did this last time but uh that it, it combined with inflation over there made it impossible to go to england i mean i won't go there there's really nothing to do uh, or to see anyway once you've no. done the once you've done the tower thing that's kind of it and, and have you eye. been to the? Have you been to the? I uh, haven't been on the on the big uh, on the London Eye. Yeah, the Eye, the London the Eye, the big spinning thing. Yeah, it's, it's called the, the Eye. The London it takes eye. an hour to go around it, and some it takes like an hour, right? No, 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 it's not an hour. It's uh, yes. it's like it's a good twenty twenty five minutes. It's very slow. Uh, it's a big Ferris wheel. Yeah, Ferris wheel. Yeah. No, yeah, I've been on that. That that would be a a, a C ticket ride at Disney. Oh really? It's yeah. Not that it, whatever the ticket is equal to the Mad Hatter's teacup. In fact, I think uh -huh. the Mad Hatter teacup is more exciting. 
than the London hmm. Eye. Um, yeah, no, no, it's uh, so I probably don't want to bother with it. Yeah, I think for taking pictures, it would be great. We can see the London Eye from our new place, which is kind of cool. Uh, at night, well, is, you know, they light it up really nice. Is it? Is it? It's a big plastic ball. It must be all scratched up. I'm sure you can't get a decent shot through that that miserable uh, plastic. It's interesting. I I don't know. It. I thought it was. I wasn't taking you know serious pictures when I was uh, when I was on it, so I don't really remember. But no, I think it's uh, I think it's doable. Hmm. Yeah, it's like well, okay, they're like you know uh, capsules. So there's a there was a Charlie Rose uh, show last night mm-hmm. that had uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Who's um, that? He's the guy who wrote the Tipping Point and some other book, and now he's got a new book out. And it's, these are these little bitty books that are you know where he does a little research and comes to some crazy conclusions about one thing or another. Anyway, this last one he's done, and he's a real weird looking character. He's got some I guess he's got some Jamaican in him, so he decides. He looks like just a regular, you know, kind of a big, you know, a, a kind of a, a male model-ish jaw, you know, heavy on the jawbone uh, facial features with a afro that is from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it looks like, you know, that picture that I use on my Skype, you know. The, right, <laughs> with the big ad, the colored afro, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, he did. It, so he came out with a book on... on on some research that actually my son had told me about about a year ago. Uh, and I, then Rose had another guy out with a, a similar book uh, discussing the same research, which indicates that there's no such thing as talent. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, you know, I, first my son tells me about it. Then I see back-to-back stories about these two books saying that there's no such thing as talent. And I'm starting to immediately, it wouldn't have been bad if they had one. I would have kind of listened and they'd gone on to some other topic. But no, we have two in a row. And so I'm now thinking this is bull. There has to be some alternative reason for these two storylines to be, you know, why are, we be, why are we telling the public that there's no such thing as talent? What you have to do is work 10,000 hours to become an expert at anything or approximately 10 years. That's what the research ah, says. Okay, there, uh, yeah. It's, you get, you're following where this is, it might be. Yeah, I, I'm listening. Keep it coming. So I'm thinking, why, you know, when I first heard about this, I said, yeah, fine. My son boiled it down by saying, uh, if you wanted to be a pianist or if you wanted to be a trumpet player, or you want to do anything, if you wanted to spend 10 years practicing a lot, you will be as good as you can be. You can't be any better because you got your time in and this is as far as it's going to go. And so I just immediately, because of this back-to-back propaganda show, I'm thinking, all right, so this obviously bull there's obviously something else going on. I thought about a couple different things. Now, if it takes 10 years to get any any level of expertise on anything where you're actually you know super good, how does that explain Gore Vidal's best-selling novel that he wrote when he was 19? Was he practicing novel was, writing since nine. the age of nine? I don't think so. And what you remember this this group, these two guitar players that came out of South America called Los Indios Tabajaras? These were two guys who found a guitar. In the Amazon <laughs> jungle. <laughs> yeah, I love it. 
And within a year, we're like on the tour around the world playing this amazing guitar. Where's the 10 years? Where's the 10,000 hours? It's not there. So I'm thinking this, there's something, there's, and I'm tracing this back to this, back to the argument about we don't want an educated public. Uh, we're going to, you know, let's set these goals, these 10, 10,000 hour goals if you want to do a lot of work. Gladwell had an anecdote saying that people with really high IQs never normally made much of themselves, which is bull, by the way, also. But he, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just listening oh, to I'm you. I'm sorry, man. because yeah. I just got a beep from yeah, you. No, no, no. I, I, I just sent you a link to the Army oh, checkpoint. Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, sorry. So, uh, so Gladwell mentioned that the genius is probably he said all these geniuses people with really high iqs he, he made the claim that once you have an iq this is unbelievable once you made it had an iq of 120 you're good to go <laughs> in, other words, in other words anything else is no good is, is lame you're just a loser <laughs> just a loser and he and he says he looked at people who had these really high iqs like 160 180 whatever you know those, those you know these people and uh why yes <laughs> and you may be one of them. Anyway, he said then they never made much of their lives and he said and he he could only conclude that this was because they were smart enough to realize that the 10,000 hours was just too damn much work. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, logic. So fantastic. I'm thinking I'm so I'm thinking now that we're looking at a, at a new twist, an absolutely new twist to the self-esteem movement. Hmm. All right. You know, you can be whatever you can want to be. If you want to try out, you can be with anything you want to be. As long as you, as long as you put the work in, you'll get there. Blah blah blah. And this is bull. Well, that's very interesting. So there's two stories that will relate to that. One is, uh, and this is a YouTube video which we'll have to dig up for you. Which it, 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 some kids did it, but I'm not quite. Sure. I'm not. I'm not too sure of the authenticity. But apparently, they're showing an, uh, a history book, a grade school uh, history book in. Uh, Used in United States schools. Oh yeah, no, this went around. This is I. I'm not sure about this either. The, the New World but, Order uh, chapter. Oh no, I didn't know. No, this is different than what I'm thinking. Oh no, I was thinking. Of, okay. Well, I'll tell mine first. So, yeah. the, so the kid shows his history book, and then there's a chapter about the New World Order, and 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 how we have to get ready for it as as we're going to have world government. And it's in the history book. He shows the page, <laughs> and it says, "Get ready for the New World Order." Uh, I'll have to dig that one up. What was yours in the history book? Um, hold on a second. I'm just trying to think of somebody's name. But there was a lot of uh, utopianism that took place during the 30s. And there was a writer in particular who I read I, every time I can find one of his books. Is, he's actually very interesting, named Stuart Chase. And people out there want to track down somebody who's, uh, who's kind of a utopianist. Uh, and, and Stuart Chase. And also there's a book, by the way, one of the classic books. If you can find this, you can find it at used bookstores. It was the number one bestseller. Almost worldwide, sold millions and millions of copies, um, and it was called Looking Backward by Bellamy. It was a bestseller, and I'm talking about millions and millions of copies, in 1890. And Looking Backward is a book written from the perspective of someone in the year 2000, mm -hmm. looking backward on what changed since 1890. And this is an eye-opener. And again, I think you probably will get to this New World Order stuff from any of these types of books that were produced, probably anywhere from 1880 to about uh, to World War II. Uh, and now, of course, it's been reintroduced. Yeah. 
um, I don't know. My story was that it was, I always thought you were going to refer to the, the, what kids had to read as a history book and what they had to know back in, there's this thing, you know, 1920 or something, and there's this thing that went around a couple of years ago on the internet about all these things you had to read and know about. And it was like completely, it was so far removed from what you get today, you know, with the self esteem and the, you know, everybody's a winner and, yeah, yeah, you know, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no such thing as a loser uh-huh. and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Back to the loser's locker room. Yeah. So, uh huh. Uh huh. That's right. That's right. Oh, here, here's this kid. Hold they on. They laugh. They literally call. I'm trying to honestly, uh, if I can find it, and I'll just here. American, American nation is the is the title of the book. And as I was looking through it today in class, it's highly produced though. I, I don't trust it. Yeah, it could be a, it could be a hoax. Um. We can find out one way or the other. Here it is. Now, is this an old book? He says this is an old book or a new book? A current book. Here it says, America in the New World Order, 1970 to present. I'm just reading off the the YouTube video. Hmm. So what what would you say? Okay, well, we'll just track it down. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the link right now. We can take a look at it later. It's not unusual for this kind of thinking to have come in and out of uh, vogue. It's a very common in the United in U.S. history. What the this utopian one, new world order, one world government? Well, that was uh, George George Bush uh, Senior. He he said yeah. it. He said it's a, yeah. it's a it's a big idea, the new world order. Yeah, well, these internationalists are all around you. I mean, these are the ones, you know, that we have to be leery of. I mean, it's not a new group, and they're all very powerful people. There's a whole slew of them, and they, you know, they're not communists. They're not, you know, this. They're vaguely identifiable here and there, but they're commonly referred to as internationalists. And they, uh, the the project project for a new American century. Yeah, that's typical. But the reason for this, of course, stems from World War One, uh, when it was decided by your what you would call your Illuminati or whoever this insiders uh, yes. that we can't keep having these damn wars. World War Two is the real clincher. We can't keep having these damn wars because they they ruin economies. People get killed. No, I, I disagree. Oh, okay. This is where we fundamentally disagree. No, no. I believe that they actually want the wars for two reasons. One, they make money by selling weapons to both sides, so they make out like bandits. Two, it reduces the population. I think they want the wars. I, I disagree with you there. Okay. I mean, I understand that perspective, and it's my, you might be right. Now that you mention that, though, it reminded me of something else I saw in Charlie Rose. Uh, he, I don't know why I'm watching Charlie Rose so much, but I guess there's nothing else on. It's so pathetic. I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Charlie Rose because he always ends up talking about himself. And um, But he had William Gates on. Or, or, no, who, what's his name? Gates. Richard, the, the, Richard Gates. Is it Richard Gates? The, uh, the you, Secretary of Defense? Yes, yeah, Richard Gates. It's Richard? I thought it was. Well, I don't think it is. Hold on. Yeah, it is. Hold on. Gates. Richard Gates. Uh, oh, great. Now you got Firefox is installing your updates, and we'll start in a few moments. Great. May, maybe it's... it's uh, now, what the hell is his name? Come on. Well, just type in Gates, Secretary of Defense, in Google. I can't do it because my browser won't open. Hold on. Secretary. It's ridiculous. We don't have these things. We know this, ladies and gentlemen, is why we have no agenda. We have no brains. <laughs> it's uh, Gates, Gates, Robert Gates. I'm sorry, Robert, Robert Gates. Gates. Yes. Of course. 
See, okay. I, I, I can just hear people yelling at their iPods. You schmucks! Robert, you you freaking idiots! You can't pronounce Blagojevich. You don't know who's the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> Canada is not being overtaken by the Queen, and it's getting hot in here, people. Good night. So, um, so he had Robert Gates on, and uh, <laughs> oh, you mean the Secretary of Defense? Sure. Yeah, and he's ta chatting with him about how he's going to be the Obama guy, you know, which is, and then out of the blue, for some reason, because because uh, because uh, Charlie Rose does this. In fact, he did it with Gladwell. M Gladwell men mentioned Bill Joy, and immediately, I mean, this is like the, the armband thing, you know, between uh, McCain and Obama. Immediately, Rose jumps in and says, "Oh, I know Bill Joy. He's a good friend of mine. He's." Been been on the show a thousand times, oh, which boy. seems unlikely. No, yeah, so, really. Um, what are you trying so to I say? I got a kick out of that. So anyway, so he he pulls another one of these uh, self-referential uh, moments with uh, Robert Gates, and he says, "Well, you and I, you know, we're both good friends with uh, uh, Brzezinski." Uh huh. Bada bing. There's the man. As soon as he said that, I'm saying, "Oh, Gates is with Brzezinski." Uh -huh. well, wait a minute. So, Br but I didn't Gates, know that Gates Brzez was with Carter. Gates was with Brzezinski. Gates was with Carter. Yeah. He's yeah. been he's been in the defense for you know since the seventies. The guy is no change. Okay, no change. <laughs> I don't care it's what worse. you say. It's not only no change, it's like back back to Carter. It's no change, people. Welcome back, uh -oh. Carter. <laughs> We should have the music. Welcome, Welcome back. back. I bet you I have it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. You, that's probably something so, uh, I have on my computer, you know what I mean? The theme song. So anyway, so I thought that was a little... I, I, I didn't... I don't know. I'm just... You know, I was still looking at the Nicole Kidman material, and so I wasn't... <laughs> in, I, uh, I only ran into the Charlie Rose show because I was looking for TMZ, you know, to watch. <laughs> the extra, extra, extra. I'm looking for that. Or inside of... <laughs> You're killing me. I get You're the real good me. news there. So I do this uh, this daily thing on Mevio. Uh, it's called Mevio Today. Right. You can find it by going to Mevio.com. Yeah, and uh, and I'm doing all these little things. I, I had a good one that someone posted on the drop, and I did it at the opening. I said, Mevio Sports News Update. White Sox fans, go to the White House. Cubs fans, go to the big house. And, you know, with with the right pictures and everything. It's just perfect. I love mm -hmm. it. So now we're getting Cute. away with a little bit of uh little political commentary. It won't last. Yeah, they like it. Everyone likes it. The board likes yeah, it. They like it. They like it for to a point. Well, I'm surprised that we. You know, by the way, we have to get more people listening to our little podcast here because we. If everyone would just tell a friend or give a copy, you know, burn a CD. Yeah, we double our numbers overnight. And they can put the, in their car and listen to us uh, ramble on and not know who Robert Gates is. Let's do something non-political uh, from, uh, well, it's from AP. The group representing the U.S. recording industry, that would be the RIAA, uh, Friday said it has abandoned its policy of suing people for sharing songs protected by copyright and will now work with Internet service providers to cut abusers' access if they ignore repeated warnings. warnings. Mm. Appa apparently... Um, it was costing too much money. Oh, they were losing money on these lawsuits. Yeah, of course. Of course they were. The lawyers were loving it. Oh, they, I'm sure they were. The lawyers are going to be loving this uh, Bernie thing, too. Can you, you, you even, imagine? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And he's under under house arrest. And I'm sure he's still in his limo. He's in his oh, limo and he's oh, in really? a mansion. And why, why is it? Hey, well, let's, let's back up a second. Martha Stewart <laughs> went, went to the to big prison. house, went to jail for, for, for $7,000. Maybe, maybe she may or 70. Who gives a shit what it was? 
maybe, maybe she did something that was a little out of the ordinary. And these guys. She's a just, homemaker. <laughs> a rich one, but she's, but still. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're so right. And, and OJ's was still walking around. Or is he now finally incarcerated? I think he's done. He's in jail. He's done. He's through. Finally. But yeah, that's, but, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Where was the SEC? Don't they? Are uh, what? Are, there was something about the SEC as well. I mean, there's so much information. They seem to do this when just when there's when we're really interested in Nicole Kidman. They seem to do all kinds of crazy shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, they seem to be doing it on a daily basis. That's yeah. what's weird. Yeah, they re- it, it really is true. So the price of oil is at 38 anyway. So yeah. headed to 30. I think that's where it's going to bottom out, which will bring our gas prices down to a buck fifty, which is pretty much for a premium, which is about what it should be. Well, yeah, but now of course OPEC is doing the largest production cut in history, trying to jack the prices up. I mean, it, it, it just makes me laugh. I mean, we just sit there and go OPEC, 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 whatever. You know, we're all hypnotized. You know, getting a hard on over Nicole Kidman, and and meanwhile OPEC is just out there saying, hey, we're going to try and jack your prices up. <laughs> no one's saying anything. Isn't that's exactly what they're saying? We're, in fact, it's even worse. We're going to jack it up, and here's how we're going to do it. Yeah, this is like a football team that tells you the plays in advance, and no one cares. Yeah, I know it's unbelievable. But again, it comes back to the dumbing down of the public. Nobody uh, wants you know. Nobody's educated anymore. Uh, there's well, no. no uh, Obama has made it very clear he wants to change that, not by improving no, education, oh, but, no, but by putting internet into schools. Right. No, make him even dumber. I mean, if you listen to Obama, he never once talks about anything that has to do with learning stuff. No. It's always infrastructure. And, uh, infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. So basically, we're going to have a bunch of, you know, mostly Mexicans, you know, building out infrastructure. Yep. And people still be as dumb as ever. And they're going to be looking at, you know, the Internet, the inner tubes. And they're going to look and do what I do. They're going to look at the Nicole Kidman story. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah, it's too late. No, it's never too late. It, it's never too late. It's uh, over. What is this? IT guru for Carl Rove died in plane crash. Oh, oh, oh this is crash. Oh, this is the uh, the guy who had the emails for the Ohio election fraud. He ran out of gas in his plane. Oh, really? <laughs> Where'd you get this story? And send me a link. It's breaking. Oh, breaking, it's breaking story. Now. Breaking news. Yeah. Updated. Hold on. I'll send you the link. Oh my gosh. There's so much happening. It is their favorite way, isn't it? You ran out of gas. You know, if you run out of gas in a plane, no reason for you to crash and die. Okay. <laughs> there's no reason. You can land the plane. Well, in maybe fact, he was in a, he- yeah, well, in even fact, a helicopter. You, no, in a helicopter, you can auto rotate. I mean, uh, right. of course, they don't have any, any information on what the crash actually was, but. It was probably suicide by petrol. Yeah, I'm always dubious about it. And once in a while, actually around the Bay Area, I think once every couple of years, it's always weird to me when somebody is famous gets killed in a plane, unless, unless there's some something like a storm. 
you know, they shouldn't be flying. That's what happened to Bill Graham. But uh, once in a while, some bonehead doesn't, you know, doesn't top. I don't know what happens, but he runs out of fuel, and they always lands, you know, on a neighborhood, on a highway, on the freeway. Sure, sure. They always land. Yeah. I don't, you, very rarely does this guy get killed because he ran out of gas, unless he's, you know, over the ocean. There was a guy who had a, a slight aneurysm in the UK a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think it was the UK, and so he, he temporarily went blind. He could not see. And they talked wow. him down. They had a, a an army pilot got in like some you know biplane trainer or some crap like that. They flew us alongside of him, talked him down to the runway, and he landed perfectly. Wow! Wow! Yeah, because yeah, you know, and uh, you know, yeah, I, it's just it's we here. The Akron Beacon Journal reporting the private plane of GOP's highly placed IT guru Mike Connell went down in Lake Township, Ohio, on Friday evening. He was killed in the crash. Reported to be the only person on board, of course. No reports of anyone on the ground being hurt. Um, key witness in the in the King Lincoln v. Blackwell lawsuit regarding fraud in the 2004 presidential election in Ohio that recently revived long-standing lawsuit led to Connell's recent deposition November 3rd. All right, so that stinks. That really stinks. Oh, they got to they got to clean some shit up before they get out of there, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, whose side is he on in this? I mean, who's cleaning him up? I mean, is it the? I mean, is it the? There's no side, okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, why? What am I even bringing? Why that are you even asking for? that? There's no side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so someone tried to register. Register. They work for us. Uh, dot dot org. Yeah. You should go to theyworkforus.org. What is it? It's registered by the government, of course. <laughs> It is? Yes. You're kidding me. No, it's funny. It's it's actually the uh, federal employees. They work for us. They got little radio oh. commercials. Here, I'll play the radio commercial. It's hilarious. This is really funny. Here, listen to this. Hold on. We protect the integrity of the national banking system. We protect American democracy and let the public know who contributes to federal candidates. We ensure the safety of America's food, drug, medical device, and cosmetic products. We protect the air you breathe and the water you drink. We work to improve the energy security of the United States and to safeguard our nuclear weapons. We are on the front lines guarding against terrorism. Federal employees keep our nation vital and strong. Federal employees, they work for us. <laughs> That's great. Isn't that awesome? I got to get a job with the federal government. I, I'm, I'm guessing pretty soon. Yeah, they got really cool. There, there won't be any other work available for anyone. That's correct. <laughs> that is. You, a, you are correct. Yeah. If you take a look at the, uh, I mean, this is essentially we're going to see what Roosevelt did. You know, just basically the New Deal. Yeah. This is basically. Uh, well, so this is what this is what they're angry about in Greece because in Greece they've already started the New Deal because of course it is a world government. And they're privatizing everything. So you'll see now there's a lot of movement in uh, in infrastructure companies. Uh, the huge conglomerates are now shifting all of their money into buying up companies that build roads, tunnels, etc. It's all being privatized. And all that money that was flowing to other crap is now flowing into that. And there's going to be a trillion dollars that Obama is going to... Uh, uh, approve as a, as a stimulus and that trillion dollars is going to go right to the same people and we're going to make some BS roads. And of course the question is, uh, that's another trillion we'll tack on to the eight trillion, uh, already, uh, extended, uh, in the bailout. Uh, the Chinese are now saying, Hey, we're not going to lend forever. So that means we'll have to print it. 
it goes on the balance sheet, which means we're going to get inflation. There's just no, I just don't see it happening any other way. Well, you have to have inflation. Yeah, but it's going to so be pretty get- significant. Well, you have to have inflation for this economy to work the way they want it to work. And, yeah, it probably will be significant. They can't control it very well. But right now they put the, the interest rate down to zero. So that's where we're – that's our beginning point. Yeah, it is. It is. It's zero, right? It's, it's nil, yeah, nil. Yeah, it's zero. Yeah. It's zero. It's, it's like so, so explain what that means, John. What does that mean for people who just gloss over that and take no heed of the fact that that there are people controlling the cost of our homes, the cost of our groceries, the cost of our cars? They're doing this by controlling the interest rates. John C. Dvorak, please, in under one minute and thirty seconds, explain what this is about. Well, the idea is, of course, to keep to curb inflation by making by changing the interest rates as 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 the only supposedly the only lever we have that. But why is that necessary? Why is it necessary to curb inflation? Because inflation, uh, if you have a really if you have really bad inflation, uh, it causes uh, which could devolve into hyperinflation. It hurts the banks more than anyone. Okay, so so it's to protect the banks. So here's the deal. So I borrow a hundred bucks from you, and the hundred bucks is worth, like, say, a hundred bucks worth of gold. And now, now we have inflation, and the hundred bucks is now worth, uh, you know, ten cents worth of gold. And they're basically, I'm making millions of dollars a day, or I have a ten billion dollar note, like you know the Zimbabwe notes. And now I can pay your hundred bucks back with this cheap money, and you're screwed. So thank you. You actually you did it in under thirty seconds. It is to protect the banks. It's to protect them, not for us. Yeah. It's to protect yeah. the banks. Okay, thank you. Now, but if I'm the done. banks are all out of business and we're all the only banker we have is in China, eh, let's go for it. Let's have well, some how, inflation well, here. Well, but you mean if you need to borrow from the bank. I got an idea. It's called a mattress. Stick your shit underneath that, save it in the sock, save your money, and then so go buy it. I, I'm waiting for the interest rates to go negative because what that means is that when I give the Treasury $100, they give me back ninety five. It's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> what a great what a, is this a great country or what? This <laughs> is a great country or what? So uh, anyway, so we start. So we get it down to a zero because that's where you want. That's your beginning point. Now we 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 got lots of room to operate because you were at zero. So when things start to crank up, we got lots of headroom here. Now we can move the interest rates up to five, and it's still going to be low, and it's going to create a really hot economy. And I think we're going to have a boom. That is like just going to shock everybody. But the problem is, it's going to be a false boom. It's going to fool everybody. Because here's what's going to here. This is my scenario, of course. Okay. And by the way, I think I'm I'm agreeing with you already. Go ahead. So what we've got here, we have this horrible situation that we're experiencing right now. And so it looks like an absolute bottom. The depression is the worst thing you can have. We're going to build from this. We bring in our new president. He's going to do infrastructure stuff. He's got a little Rooseveltian thing going on. He's got Brzezinski. You know, we get a little Cold War action starting again, which keeps the military happy. We got, and we we got st- and troops we, on the streets. We got troops in the streets is perfect. So now we start to crank. We start. We're throwing money into the system, and it's starting to crank up the economy. And we all know that the depression is over. 
because they only last a little while. You know, it's, this is it. We're experiencing today, and now it's time to get back to work. So we're going to start cranking this thing up. Obama's going to be behind the whole thing, and we're going to everyone is going to go into a, all the pent up demand is going to hit the market at the same time, which is going to give you that hockey stick look, and everybody's going to catch up. They're going to have panic buying on Wall Street because people are going to say, "Oh God, I'm going to miss it." Look at the stock; the uh, price of right. U.S. steel is down to nothing. It's right. going up. It's doubled already. It's going to double and again. And then they pull the rug. Then they pull the rug. Then they pull the rug. And they do that by doing what? Oh, you don't have to do anything. We're bankrupt. Well, it's just going to do it by itself. It's an automatic system. And that's when, that's when we get, that's when we enter. Here's a new phrase for you: the greatest depression. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, nice. Let me write that, that down before because I, I, I something I might forget. The, great, the greatest, the greatest depression. Depression. Oh, that's a good one. That could. Damn it, that's a good one. You're gonna. That's gonna catch on. That should be a T-shirt. The greatest depression. Yeah, that's we should nice, do that for isn't the, it? Next the greatest depression. Limited edition T-shirt. <laughs> People should go to noagenda.angryshirts.com and buy a T-shirt for us. Greatest depression. Yeah, we should. We have to plug the T-shirt at the beginning of the show, not the end. What difference does it make? People listen all the way through. I mean, if you're satisfied, if you are still listening to the show, buy a damn T-shirt. Okay, if you're listening all through this, what is it now, an hour and a half? We're getting up there, aren't we? About an hour and a half. Yeah, it's about time to... Greatest Depression. See if you can get greatestdepression.com before we post this. Yeah, okay, hold on a second. Should it be the the Greatest Depression? I think you have to get both. The Greatest Depression and Greatest Depression. Uh, greatest I'm depression. sure nobody's got it. Depression. Hold on, i got to go to GoDaddy. GoDaddy, GoDaddy. That'll be a great... Uh, that'll be the, the, the what will term the situation. I, I mean, it's going to be a mess. I, I'm not looking forward to it. People are moaning now. They, they're just this beyond moaning. You have to remember during the Roosevelt era, I mean, there was, there was common thinking that they were going to overthrow the government. That's yeah. how bad it was. Yeah. Hold on. I, 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 of course, don't remit that. Okay, hold on. Here it is. Uh, already taken. TheGreatestDepression.com is already taken. Hmm. Let me try a Greatest Depression. Hmm. Which that's gone, too. Oh, well. well let's that's see. okay. Uh, GoDaddy, GoDaddy has not confirmed that yet. It's coming through, it's coming through, and the answer is already taken. So, is there a website? Yeah. Probably not. It's probably a Parker. Oh. Or some guy talking about his wife being depressed. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, parking. It's it's in parking. Yeah. Bummer. All right, well, I think... Bummer. Uh, yeah, well, it was a good shot. But well, we, we can I still use it. Valid. We can still use it. The yeah. term is valid. Yeah, we can use yeah, it. Absolutely. Right, so and that so that that for you is 2011, right? That's kind of your no, no, 2000, 2013. I mean, there's two or three scenarios that we can look at that are based on historical scenarios, and there's the two that I like the best. Uh, one of them entails a crash at the end of next year, and then we begin, and that's the real classic 80 year cycle, which took place in 1929. Well, that that, that makes sense, John, because because what we have coming, obviously, the credit card. Um, uh, House of Cards is about to about to cave in, and then we, then we have commercial real estate because 
every single huge oh. chain is out of business. Commercial real estate, I think, is overextended far and beyond uh, the private. Oh, I just look at San Francisco. There's buildings all over the place. Who's yeah. going to work in these things? We're going to have empty malls, and people are not going to feel uncomfortable. And want, the strip malls are going to have big gaps in it with places that are just chopped out. It's yeah. just gone, and uh, and there's no one to replace it. There's no new businesses. Right. Well, anyway, so here, let me give you the two scenarios for people. Rock even on. though yeah. I've, I, I probably said these scenarios too many times for some people. Right. But important. the classic, classic would be the following. You have Obama comes in, everybody's all jacked up, and we have a, a real hockey stick run up in the stock market. It goes to 25,000, by the way. That's the key number. And uh, when, it, when the market hits, people say, ah, it's a bull. It's never going to happen. 25,000. Yeah, when this Dow Jones hits 25,000, sell everything you own. Okay, and it, you could hit 30, and you're, oh, I could have made more money. Now no, you're, no, no, you, get out. Right. Okay, so the market skyrockets. By the way, you have to remember that in 1929 alone, the, the Dow Jones tripled right. within the year. So it's not uncommon for something like this to happen. It's happened before. And before that, historically, we don't, there was never a Dow Jones, so we couldn't really trace things. But there are other evidences of this, this really fast climb. And if you look at the way that the pound collapsed, I mean, that's ridiculously fast. So things are moving. Anyway, so the market takes off, and then you have a crash traditionally in October uh, of, nine, of 2009. The market should crash on some Monday or Friday. And... Uh, and then it recovers, kind of, and never quite makes it back to the 25,000. But then it starts to go into a slow slide, which bottoms out in 2013. No matter what scenario I pick, 2013 is still the operative year for the bottom of the depression, technically. But it's so horrible at that point that you don't have a real even recovery. Uh, you have kind of a sketchy recovery that takes about seven years. So you don't really have a, anything, you know, the happy days do not return, except the model always shows, and by the way, this will, will happen too, that in 2017, you have a, a kind of a, 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 a kind of a mini boom, and then it crashes back down. It's just a short-term thing. It's happened in 1857, and it happened, and uh, you can almost every 40 years. So uh, anyway, so we, so that's the one possibility, which is the worst case scenario. Yeah, that sounds because pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you I mean you're going to have this one opportunity at the end of 2009 just before the crash to maybe make some money and put it away, but other than that you don't have enough time to get the millions of dollars you're going to need to get through to the big one. Okay, the other possibility happened in 1890. You had a very interesting situation where there should have been a crash in 1889, there wasn't. We actually had a a bull market and a boom that took place until about 1892, 1893, and then they had a massive crash and what was called a depression in 1893, which matches the the that 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 cycle, which would match 2013 if you add you know 40, 40, 40, 40 years to it over how, and over again. How does the uh, the French Revolution play into that? Was that is that also on one of those 40 to 40 Actually, to 80 years? Actually, the French Revolution. I have a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, international stuff. This my 1789 to 1799. Yeah, there was a. Um yeah, it, uh, there's actually some some things that happened during that period. I have a, a, a chronology uh, mm -hmm. that I'm going to publish. Wait, but but the French Revolution happened for the same reasons. You had this guy who was printing up the money, and and he was you know basically 
he had shares in the bank that was printing the money. And yeah, the, the that's the way, that way it looks like superficially. But if since I'm a cycle guy, yeah. it was part of a cycle more than it was that, as far as right. I'm concerned. Right. Okay. Well, so I'm down with that because it doesn't really matter because people are doing stupid stuff all the time. It's just every 80 years, the stupid stuff the guy at the time is doing, he gets blamed for it. Right. I'll accept that's that. What, I'll accept that. Well, you know, it was the same thing with Hoover. And that's why I was kind of hoping McCain was going to get in because it would have reset the political system a little more logically. And I think Obama would have been a better president in 2012. But uh, he got in. So what happened with Hoover, you had this, uh, you know, uh, uh, Calvin Coolidge was the George Bush of his era, just a do-nothing bonehead, and who spent all his time fishing, and uh, which was exactly the same as Bush in that regard. He was, I think, he was out fishing during some natural disaster, and um, which is hilarious. Yeah, Katrina. And he like, yeah, and basically screwed up the economy in such a way that the guy who had to take over the place, which was Hoover, uh, who was another clueless Republican that didn't really know what to do if things were bad. He was like one of those. You know, if the, you know, some people can run a company when, th when when things are good, and some people can turn around a company as a specialist, and some people can run a company when things are bad. I mean, you, you, you don't have all all three skills usually. And the same thing with being a, a chief executive. You, you know, some if, if things are going great, you know, this guy would, does the job. But if things turn around, he doesn't know what to do. And that's what happened. So he got stuck holding the bag and got kicked out, and Roosevelt came in. Uh, this could yeah, happen to Obama. Except, yeah, but, but this time it's, it's – uh, look – Obama promised I was going to get laid, and it ain't going to happen. All right, <laughs> that's uh, that's just the that's just the long and the short of it. Well, that's because of your neighbor. The more the, more, <laughs> the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is it doesn't hurt to check out a little bit of history. And by the way, Wikipedia does not count. <laughs> you should look at the pharmaceutical websites, uh, pharmaceutical pages on Wikipedia. Hilarious. Oh, they're all just commercials. Yeah, it's great for you. And no one ever bitches and moans about that. Yeah, ever. no, that's right. No, it's really pathetic. Some of the Wikipedia pages are nothing more than... There's the one for Noam Chomsky is a joke. You should check that one out. It's like, this thing is like a million... This is like a, a, a terabyte. Do you know that schools like, now let kids use Wikipedia for their research, for their papers? That's wrong. Yes, it's completely wrong. Schools are allowing it. And Obama, of course, will be putting more Internet in so that we can get more Wikipedia. Yeah, that's about it. Well, that's depressing. No, 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 not at all. I see it as, a, as another battle that will be fought uphill and in the rain. Yeah, well, you won't be liking it when I move into your house with my family. <laughs> you, John, you'll be more than welcome. Bring some sausage meats. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, listen, I had, that, was a, that was long. It was a good time. Yeah, don't you worry. There's a hole in the middle you can pull out. No, no, I'm just, I, 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 I stopped, uh, stopped the recording when I went downstairs. You mean that? Oh, okay. I'm not gonna. I never cut anything out ever. It's too good, good. for the show. Too good. All right, tell a friend. Uh, read Bubba Martin's show notes. Buy a T-shirt. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in the UK. My name is Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in Gitmo Nation West, also known as Northern Silicon Valley, a place that doesn't exist, but we think it does. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.